0: Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, and you have coming to the end of your 30-day challenge. woo So, what have I learnt? What have I learnt during the journey of taking people for the 36th month, 36th 30-day 30 challenge? What have I learnt from the 36th 30-day challenge? Well, here's what I've learnt. Most people... And get to the point of doing the vision quest and stop. They run out of petrol. Now, that's not a bad thing. What it basically means is it reveals in the steps through the journey what was most missing when you started the 30-day challenge. If we get a clear vision, if we do a dream board, or if we start to think, oh, geez, I don't know how to do my vision quest and I haven't finished it, that basically identifies where most people in the world get uh, into, into a depression or into a frustra or into stuckness or into a challenge. And so what I've learned is it might be for, for program number 37, which starts tomorrow, 1st of November. <clears throat> what I've learned is maybe I will shift out the vision quest to the last week. So if anybody gets stuck, it's stuck in the last week rather than stuck in the middle. This is not how the weekends used to work. And for 36 months, I've persevered with the vision quest in the middle because implementation, the process of setting goals, setting daily habits, setting the process, the process of that should be what comes following the 30 days. And I was trying, I guess, in keeping it the same structure to keep people grounded, keep people in a good state of application, implementation. But I've learned from this last program, out of 28 people who started the 30-day challenge, um, not all of them finished with the same gusto as they started. And that's not because of exhaustion, because it's really not that hard. They they, they they finished because they weren't struggling anymore. They finally realised what was going on or they got to the vision quest and said, well, geez, this is all a bit too hard. I don't want to do a vision or I'm not comfortable and got stuck and got left behind a little bit in the process. So I'm learning a lot. Um, I'd love to to share with you now some of the quotes that I think are vitally important to take away from the 30 days and i'm going to put these on an audio so that you can go back to this audio any old time you like and go back through it just to remind yourself of some of the things not all but just some of the things you've learned during the 30 days i'm then going to give you a second audio which is all about manifestation and what you'll see is not only does doing the power out every day help you stay on top of trouble stay one step ahead as a leader But it also helps you create the world you want to create. And not only materially, but spiritually as well. Because the world is a spiritual place. We were born spiritual, we become material. We're not born material and trying to become spiritual. We are all already spiritual. And quite often we disconnect from that aspect of ourselves, that inner voice, in the aspiration for material uh, gain. And understandably so, because that's the way it's meant to be. The other thing that's really important to realise, if you take the whole study of the Eastern art of Buddhism, of which a good 25 or 20-something percent of this planet subscribes to, the first rule of Buddhism is all human suffering is caused by desire. Well, wait a minute. Isn't it got to, should, need to, want to, desire, choose to? love to? Isn't desire up in the top of the consciousness cone? And the answer is bloody oath. It is. And so in, in saying that, what uh, Buddhism is implying is everything below desire to, which is want to, need to, should and got to causes all human suffering. But they also are implying that even those two things above uh, desire to cause human suffering just not as much, because it's not as polarised. So what is Buddhism trying to imply by all this, all human suffering is caused by desire? Well, they're basically saying there are two states of mind. One is the consciousness cone, which is going out and waking up in the morning to go and get what we want. And the other is completely not the consciousness cone, which is a state of saying, I need nothing, I want nothing, I have everything. Now, the Buddhist system, which if you follow it to the letter of the law, you won't pay the rent, you won't have a shag, you won't go for a jog, you won't necessarily um, live a joyful, fun, uh, happy, uh, sugar-filled, cough- caffeine-addicted, alcohol-driven existence making the mortgage and going to work. You will sit very quietly in a chair somewhere and basically not exhaust your body. By doing too much, you will simply gravitate to zero. And therefore, that is outside the consciousness cone. No need to think about seven areas of life. No need to be totally human aware. Just focus down. And down and down until there is a complete lack of desire even to lack desire i did a retreat once and i did it down in tasmania in the deep wilderness and we sat for three weeks in deathly silence for three weeks out in the bush and every day at about three o'clock in the afternoon hot as hell we had to go out and chop wood uh, and get uh, things ready and do bramble clearing and all this on this big property we had to walk five kilometres into the property to find the shed in the first place. And when I say we, each individual, I arrived by bus. And the, the owners of this property, one was uh, uh, an ex-member of a world-level ballet. Um, she was a, an astonishingly calm and elegant human being. And the other was a pretty rough and tumbled uh, a guy who was the Zen master of this retreat. And it was very strict. We got to talk for the first half an hour of meeting him. Uh, all papers were taken off us. All we were left with was a sleeping mat, a sleeping bag, and that's it. And we ate once a day. We did this Zen retreat, and about halfway through this Zen retreat, I got this bloody awesome inspiration. And the inspiration was, I was completely separate to everything. That actually, you could take everything away from me, and I'd still be me. And the Zen koan of this is, I am I. I am I. So, it's a loop that just keeps going around and around and around in circles. So, I got this incredible experience of being detached. And I went, Oh, shit, I found it. I bloody found it. I've been searching. And at that stage, I'd been searching for 20 odd years to understand I am I, to try and understand the lack of self that's in the self, emptiness. And I got it. And I was busting to tell somebody. So, I waited for, for the next. Eight days of this bloody retreat, already knowing what I came for, I already got. And it came to the very end, and we were allowed to talk before we were ushered out the to walk out the trail that we came in, leech-ridden legs and mosquito-bitten backs and all these things. And I I I walked in and I sat the, at the feet of this Zen master, big hairy guy with unshaven and all these things. And uh, I said, I got it. I got it seven days ago. It's detachment. And he goes, oh, golly, Chris. And I went, oh, shit, something's wrong. And he goes, you've now, your attachment to your detachment has now become your biggest problem. And I went, oh, crap. I'm back at the start. I've become attached to being a detached. And bloody hell, he was right. Oh. It was a shocker of an experience, but it's also the blessing of working with someone who sees through what we call our new identity. Now, the process of going through a 30 day challenge is is to, to create a new identity. And we create a new one, but we've got to be careful that we don't get attached to that. What you've learned is The process of reinventing yourself and the process of reinventing yourself means the lack of suffering in the real world. So, whether you lose your money, you just reinvent yourself as a person without money, whether you uh, lose your relationship, you just reinvent yourself as a person with reinventing yourself is the ability to revision, reaffirm, re uh, engage, redevelop, re. Uh, Humble, reconstruct, re yourself, reinvent, and this word I would love to say is the absolute pinnacle of self actualization, self awareness, living in the real world, not just sitting in a in a ashram somewhere, uh, completely disconnected from everything, and so therefore having no desire. Living in the real world with enlightenment, which is what you've learned, is the process of reinventing yourself over and over and over for the rest of your born days. And if you think you've reinvented yourself one time, just listen, because you'll hear the universe laughing. Let's go through these quotes now. I'll go through them quite quickly. You can listen to this podcast as often as you want. Here we go. It's from minute number 10.54. Let's talk about, starting at minute number 11, Going through the quote, so you can zoom through this in the in the next uh, episode whenever you want to go back. No one can lift you up higher than yourself. No one can beat you down further than you beat yourself. True self worth stems from within you. On purpose, we do not acknowledge rejection. All complete healing is activated through gratitude and love. Certainty and presence intensify healing. A a small aside here, the word healing in the language I'm using here means leadership. The power that made the body heals the body. Your one true being, your soul, is grateful for what you've got. Doing what you love is the key to fulfillment. The pain of regret is greater than the pain of self-discipline. Your body knows when you are doing what you love. Loving what you do helps you do more of what you love. As you believe, so you will achieve. What do you feed your mind? You move in the direction of your dominant thoughts. Achievement starts with a single great thought. You are a genius and you can now apply your wisdom. Your actions determine your results. Whatever you put energy into today produces results tomorrow. Idle time, idle mind. Illusions grow in an idle mind. If you don't plant flowers, you'll be forever pulling weeds. Cause equals effect in space and time. Blessings result from your thought, word, and action. Everything serves, even if at first you don't see it. Your health and well-being tomorrow result from your actions today. Inspired dreams are the driving force of inspired action. All you can conceive, you can achieve. When you follow your inspired dreams, you attract the people, places and things and ideas to support you. If you don't know where you are going, you'll end up somewhere else. People think that they think. Your motivation miraculously increases once you begin to act on your dreams. Your body is doing all that it can to lead you in the direction of your dreams. Steadiness, poise and inner peace are signs of clarity, of direction. Your limitations are only in your own mind. Whatever you judge is stopping you, is running you. Self-worth is a state of mind. If we acknowledge rejection, We are being run by others. Being humble and truly honest with yourself, you unveil your true potential and express your greatest self worth. What you feel thankful for heals, in brackets, leads. Ask yourself, what are you doing here? Ask yourself, Why are you here? Dedicate your life to your purpose. Anything you can accomplish is not your purpose. Goals are stepping stones to accomplishments in the direction of your purpose. Your purpose is therefore beyond your goals. When you commit your life, To your inspired calling, you create an immortal impact. Every problem is an opportunity to learn love. Anything you can't see both sides of runs your life. You cannot build without destroying, nor destroy without building. You are never given a problem you cannot solve. To solve the paradox, you must rise above it to the metadox. Are you full of life or barely breathing? As your breath wanders, so does your mind. Are you committing slow suicide, making yourself sick? Your body believes everything you think, do and say. Gratitude rises the body, ingratitude weighs the body. Do you have passions or do they have you? Moderate your passions. Passions are not to be condemned, just moderated. Nothing of the senses ever satisfied the soul. Money withers if it's left lying around. Abundance exists, money must circulate to grow. There is no such thing as a free lunch. You don't get something for nothing. Never invest in desperation. Invest in yourself or no one else will. Inspired purpose attracts support. You rise in glory as you sink in pride. Link your daily deeds with your purpose. Service performed with gratitude is a direct expression of unconditional love. Infatuation leads to resentment. Are you busy building pedestals? Anyone or anything that you cannot see both sides of runs your life. Infaction, infatuation is based on lopsided perception. Who is running your life? Everyone is a mirror. Pay attention to your own advice. The greater the void, the greater the value. What we think is missing is our greatest void. Whatever you judge, you breed, attract or become. Fear precedes every lie and guilt follows it. The quality of your life is determined by the quality of your questions. Who made you believe that? The inner voice creates certainty. One inspired question leads to another. Events are events until we judge them otherwise. Perceptions exaggerate or minimise the truth. Emotions are based on perceptions. Perceptions Colour the truth. Forgiveness is a self-righteous illusion. Nothing is created or destroyed, it just changes in form. The universe is governed by the laws of perfect balance. Your heart and soul have the wisdom of the ages. When you obey your heart and soul's guidance, you become fulfilled. Fulfilled. Hearts and souls express unconditional love. A genius is one who listens to the light of their soul and obeys. When you are grateful for what is, it is opening your heart to love. Your soul is at one with all exists. Gratitude opens your heart. Unconditional love is the greatest force in the universe. Have a beautiful day.